This episode is brought to you by the YouTube channel Comic Pop. If you enjoy this show, subscribe to youtube.com slash comic pop for even more deep dives into your favorite comics. Hello everybody and welcome to Off the Rack. I'm Sal. I'm Tiffany. This is the comic book review show where we take books from the past week, recap and review them, tell you what we thought about them, and then, after we're all done with that, give you recommendations for books that come out this week that we think you should pick up that are coming out. That's right. Uh, also, we'd like to make this a collaborative effort, so we will... Uh, chat with people from the live version of the show which is happening right now yeah. live right now uh, it is it is cool weather season and it is the, the i guess halloween weekend this was yes. the weekend for you to celebrate halloween because it falls on a wednesday this year yeah which means you know no one's having fun on halloween no uh at least not a monday but whatever yeah uh i see you you're just joining us from hogwarts that's right <laughs> that's a that's a that's a fine wand you have there. Thank you. It's very authentic. It is very authentic. Mm. It's made of elder wood. Oh, yeah. nice. that's right. I don't know what that means, but I'm sure it means something. It's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, we're gonna be chatting with you guys uh, live during the show, and in order to do that, uh, that's where we use the super chats mm -hmm. just to make sense of everything and keep everything very organized, and uh, you know, and keep the and keep the lights on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, uh, let's jump into it. Today we're going to start off with, uh, I don't have the preview up, so I'm, not, I'm just going to talk about that first. Okay. Uh, this was uh, Black Panther versus Deadpool. I wanted to get the credits, so I said it as I was writing it. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, Black Panther versus Deadpool is actually a book that was recommended to me this morning, so I read it. Oh, good. Uh, it is written by Daniel Kibblesmith. <laughs> Naturally, if you're doing a cat book, you want to have somebody with a name that sounds almost like Kibbles and Bits. And uh, the penciler is Ricardo Lopez Ortiz. Uh, this was an interesting story, I guess. It's a it's just a big silly slap fight. It is a comic okay. in which uh, Deadpool accidentally maims Marvel Comics mainstay and postal delivery man Willie Lumpkin. Oh no! Yes, and he is going to die unless he has emergency surgery that involves. Vibranium. Really? Yes. So Deadpool needs to go to Wakanda and get some. Uh, he goes to Wakanda, he infiltrates the, the city, uh, he asks King T'Challa for some Vibranium, about the size of a bullet. Okay. So immediately, T'Challa distrusts him, mm -hmm. Deadpool lays everything out in front street about what this series is going to be, he's like, no, 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 first of all, we're going to have a misunderstanding, we're going to have a big epic fight, mm -hmm. we're going to have a common villain, yeah. we're going to have to team up to fight that villain, and then you're going to give me what I want. So why don't we just cut to the chase and you give me what I want? And T'Challa's like, no, I am the, I'm the standard superhero, I follow the tropes, you defy them. So then they fight. And uh, so that's the story. And, and At this point, why do people just, like, in, just like, characters that? go like, okay, you know what, it's Deadpool, I'm gonna... I'm gonna right. just trust him. Fine, fine. Uh, we for me the the standouts for this issue are that's what happens. Uh, the standouts for this issue are uh, the art is cool. It's a nice. It reminds me of uh, who's the dude who drew? Yeah, yeah. Night of the uh, Night of the Monsters during the uh, during during that big event. There was oh. somebody who drew that story, and I don't remember who it was, but it looks like a merge of a mesh of that style and like Scotty Young a little bit. Really? It's very like it's like a sketchy, kinetic, youthful style. Hmm. And uh it's good. It actually featured it's it serves the story well. The only issue that I had for me was that um for the first half of the book, it's Deadpool. And then when he gets to Wakanda Either the artist decided to have fun with it, which most 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 artists do when they're drawing characters who have full face masks and have no range of emotion. Uh, but it looks like either the artist took liberties with it or Deadpool actually did it. Uh, he drew a smiley face over his mask. And it was very distracting for me because I was not sure if it was real or not. And it was that kind of distraction where, like, okay, going back a long ways, Spawn versus Batman, uh, for no reason... During Spawn and Batman's fight, every other panel, Spawn's mask comes off. Okay. And I, I was like, what is happening? And there's no explanation for it. Nobody explains, like, why. And the plot doesn't really explain it either. And for me, it's just... What it turns out to be is just... It was so freaking delayed, and it took my on forever. He just forgot what was going on. Okay. Panel. Right, right. Um, but in any event, it was that kind of, like, kind of distraction for me. And I'm like, why does he have a smiley face? It's funny, I got it, people seem to enjoy it, so I'm not going to begrudge it. Okay. Um, 
The only the other thing for me was it was egregiously movie tied. Hmm. Uh, Deadpool addresses it, but not enough for me to go like stop. Okay. Uh, T'Challa's been redesigned to look exactly like Chadwick Boseman. Okay. Uh, his sister uh, is... Shuri? Shuri. Completely. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I didn't really... I was like, I was waiting for the rest of the sentence. I was like, oh, he wants the name. Yeah. Uh, completely oh. redesigned to look like the actress who plays her. And also she was like de-aged to make her the age that the actress is. Sure. Uh, also, his bodyguard is in it. From the movie? Oh! Okoye? Okay. Yeah, Okoye. Uh, I mean, I think she actually is a character. I didn't know if she was or not, but she certainly is in the comics. Okay. And she certainly looks like the actress who portrays her in the movie. Okay. Uh, very egregious. Now, when they do that kind of, like, when they do a crossover, though, they tend to take more I guess, liberties, you I know what know. I mean? So. I will say, uh, the Deadpool fourth wall breaking references were very organic and they worked really well for the character. And they do exactly what people come to expect from Deadpool. Okay. This is the kind of thing I would expect from an MCU depiction of Deadpool. Okay. Um, take that as you will. I think he is a little neutered, but otherwise Deadpool. Right. It's the, it's, it, and he's whimsical, funny, fourth wall breaking. And it's everything that the pop culture landscape understands Deadpool to be. Okay. Even if it's not quite the Deadpool that you've been reading about for the last 20 years. Okay. Um, it's a fine story. I'm not going to buy the second issue. I know where it's going. Unfortunately, Deadpool is so on the money that I already know how this is going to end up. And <laughs> so, and because it's Willie Lumpkin, you're not going to kill him in this stupid miniseries. So, well, yeah. you know. Unless they do. Unless they do, in which case that sucks. But either way, it's fine. It's a pass for me, but okay. uh, I get why people... gave it a shot. I gave it a shot. I get why people like it. And the art is very good. Okay. So I got to give it up to uh, Ricardo Lopez Ortiz, who I've never seen before, mm -hmm. and hopefully we'll see again in the sure. future. Um, so yeah. Uh, jumping into the Super Chats before we transition to your book, mm -hmm. Justin Beckford says, Wade drew the smile on the panel. Okoye is presenting Deadpool to T'Challa through the hologram call. By the way, just showing love. Uh, okay symbols. Thank you. There you go. Thank so he drew you. it during the book. Uh, I read it twice. I was like, I didn't see it, but either way. All right. Uh, so yeah, what do you got? Um, just again, like much like you're just touching on a book. Um, I just wanted to touch on um a uh, book from DC that is a uh, five issue mini series. I'm not gonna go in depth to it because I don't really feel like I can speak well to what's been going on in this character's continuity because okay. I really haven't been keeping up with it. But I did check out Old Lady Harley number one this week. Oh yeah. Um, written by uh, I'm not gonna type it in. I'm just gonna scroll until I find it. Uh, it's uh. <laughs> and they have names, and they're real names. It's Thierry and Miranda, and I know I read it somewhere in the... Uh... Yeah, uh, Frank Thierry. Yes. With art by Morissette. There it is, I got it. No, it's uh, Inaki Miranda. Oh. Well, um, never mind. It's, uh, it's, it's a continuation from um, an actual Harley Quinn issue. I think it's like 40, 42 or something like that. Oh, where they, where like they did a, to it? Where they did an Old Lady Harley book. Okay. Like a kind of just like, a, eh. So like this is a continuation of that. And so like they made it into this miniseries and it's like, it's, it's the future. And it's... So is it a tongue-in-cheek like reference to Old Man Logan? It's yes, but it's really Mad Max too. Like there's a lot of Mad Max references to this, and I mean the more recent one. I guess really all of them. Okay. But it is very Mad Maxian um in its design. Uh Harley is in this book. Now for me, like I've checked in on Harley occasionally. I found in this book that um she was like there were a lot of like quips or puns or jokes. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like there were so many of them that like it kind of lost its punch for me. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it, it didn't back to back it. to back to back, and I'm like, it's really like I don't like I I get it. You're setting the tone, but it's like I got it. Right, I got the tone. Like we're we're good here. Like when you have so many of them, like, and one happens, like if there was a tense moment and you had one, that's fun. Mm -hmm. Like you know, ha ha ha, cool. Like, right, that's Harley. They're well, supposed to break the tension in a yeah. But if you're constantly doing it, you don't. Well, break then there any is no tension. tension. Then it's yeah. all broken. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but there's a lot of world building going on, just an establishment of kind of what's going on. Um, she's hanging out with uh, Red Tool, who's like Inspector Gadget. Um, okay. <laughs> he's got. I only say that because literally he has you know like Go Go Gadget like right. leg springs. Um, and, um, the, the big reveal at the end of this book, for those who don't want to know, I apologize. Um, first they, they battle a bunch of Azrael ro robots. Okay. Which is like. Why? Um, All right. and then like Batman Beyond is there. Oh. And like, so the next issue was going to have like Batman Beyond in it or a version of that. Okay. In this book. 
I don't really think it's for me necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I I get the concept. Yeah. Like I, I like I kind of understand what they're going for. Mm-hmm. I just think that they could have done a, a better job yeah. with it. I mean, like Harley is the kind of character who like placing her in an apocalyptic future could really work. Yeah. And, like you could have a lot of fun with it. And like, were it more like old man Logan in the sense of like, like actually like tense and dark. Yeah. Like put her in an actual like world where it's just like, here's the fallout of what happened, which is kind of what it is, but don't make the world a joke. Right. Let her be the joke. Yeah. Let her bring that to the world. Like let the world be serious. Like, Old Man Logan manages to have a Venom T-Rex in it. Right, and there is some really levity in that book. it's successful, you know what I mean? Even though it's a true threat. Um, and it's not, it's like they didn't really, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. the world's just overall too like, ha, that, I don't know. Fair it, enough. It kind of was a miss for me. Mm. There you go. Yeah. yeah. But I did say I would check it out, and I did. And I did. <laughs> uh, for me, I, uh, I also, I said I would pick this up, or at least I mentioned it in our recommendations from last week. Yeah. So I'm going to bring it up now. Uh, the Infinity Warps Arachnite number one came out. Okay. Of two. There are two books. Some of them are, some of them are, and some of them were three. Yeah. They uh, they said that this was going to be written by Max Bemis, but Max Bemis was like, uh, I write Moon Knight to work through my mental health, and I'm also not doing Moon Knight anymore. I'm not going to do like a joke about Moon Knight. Right. Uh, so Dennis Hopeless wrote it instead. And uh, to his credit, Hopeless is like a... Uh, the like a Brett Ratner type person, not in like terms of character, but in terms okay. of like execution where it's like, I need somebody to tell a story that has a beginning, middle and end and that anyone could write Brett Ratner. Will you make that movie? And he's like, yes, I will. And I can, and I'll do it in budget. Okay. Like Dennis Hobos, I need you to tell a story that has a beginning, middle and end and has some action in it. And you can balance those things. And he's like, yes, I can. Here you go. And they're like, thank you. And that's what he did. Okay. Would you would you like to see? A, oddly enough, I will say this uh, about Arachnite uh, is that it is so the best way you can possibly tell a merged Spider Man and Moon Knight. The funny thing about that is he's got three personalities in his heads, but they're all like arguing with each other. Yeah. And like one takes over. You okay. know, he's like, okay, I need to be a scientist now, and the scientist character will take over. And then like, if I need to be P- Peter Parker or whatever character his name is, yeah. like, you know, I'll be that character. And then if I need to be, if I need to be the Arachnite, I'll transfer him. And like, it's, it's the whole thing. Uh, but they like, they, they're literally, it's like three characters are driving the car and they switch places every time. Sure. It's kind of like crazy Jane sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Sure. And so, in terms of that, it was actually pretty well executed. Uh, mm-hmm. The art looks good. The story is fine. It's very standard. It's once again, it's just like, have you ever read a what if book? That's what this is. Um, so, what's the name of the character? Like, what's his? What's his actual name? Yeah, I don't remember. Like okay. Peter Specter. Yeah, like, I wasn't sure which way they'd go with you it. Know, Mark like Parker. Parker. I yeah. don't remember. Okay, it's so unremarkable. Is is Conchu a thing, or is it like no? An, it's the amalgam it's of... it's basically if like the if Anansi acted like like Conchu. Okay, but not even you know like it's more like instead of him getting bit like he visited like Aunt May and Uncle Ben are murdered by the Green Goblin, but he's like a Jekyll and Hyde type character in Central Park. Okay, and then he is visited immediately by like a spiritual spider that like bites him and is like I will it, like basically says you know like it, you know, Mark Spector's left in the desert and Country's like I'll bring you back to life if you be my like my agent uh, this was more like hey uh, the spider comes to him and is like I'll bite you and give you powers and, and make you strong again if you're my guy right. and he's like okay I'm an eight, I'm like an 11 year old boy that sounds fine sure so like you know, and, and the idea is like, who's the goblin? It's Norman Osborn. Right, Peter works yeah, with Harry. Sure. He has, but like, and it's funny because if it were, if if Dan Slott didn't write Spider Man and did like the whole Tony Stark thing, this would be like, oh, this kind of novel. Look at Peter Parker running a company, making inventions, doing yeah. all these things. But that's exactly what we yeah, have it here. Happened. So it's like, oh, I. Yeah. So it's a combination of like stuff I've already seen, stuff I could have imagined already. Right, but it's not meant to be a what if. Like this is what it is. Amalgam. But it is a what if. They kind of are, but like most of them are just meant to be like. It's the what if they were together, and like so, it's meant to like kind of follow their history, right? Except that we just did a what if where what if Peter Parker became the Punisher? Yeah, I know. It's literally the same idea. Yeah. Um, the design of the Arachnite is good and bad. Like the hood plus spider cowl idea is neat. Okay. Um, Do you want it as a Spider-Man skin for right, the game? Well, here's the thing. Even if I if I want it or not, it's coming anyway. You don't know that. I'm just that's saying a, that's like, an that's alternate Spider-Man a... costume that will happen forever. 
That's there. I can never be undone. I guess. I can play as the ends of the earth spider armor in the game. I'll get the Arachnite one day. Yeah. But, like, as you can see, the goblin is literally just the ultimate goblin. From yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man. So it's like it's an I guess it really is like an amalgam of like multiple Spider-Man properties and yeah. and and I guess Moon Knight too. It's it's weird. It's not great, but it's very fine. I think it's actually a little better than the What If Punisher Spider-Man book that that's, just came out. A yeah, week that's or two good. Ago. That's something. So like, but at that point, you know, like, but why? Like at the end of the day, my question is why? Okay. Uh, but. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's it tells a little. St- if you're looking for like a one-off or a two-off in this case, uh, it's it's fine. Like, and you'll enjoy it uh, if sure. you're. But like, if you're if your feet are held to the to the fire about it, it's like whatever. <laughs> uh, by the way, I also forgot to mention the pencils are done by Ale Ganza. Uh, Garza. Garza. Okay. And uh, it's it, Garza has a very like Ed McGinnis style, like temperament to him. Okay. So. That's cool, uh, and and it's so it's consistently drawn, and it's like a fun what if style mm. book. Uh, that's what they all are, but this one didn't bring anything new to the table. Didn't blow my mind. Uh, by the way, I don't think this was actually from this week, but I should address the super chat from last week. Oh, Gibson yeah. Bradfield said, "Best place for Batman to live if Gotham disappeared." Uh, I guess Bloodhaven. Yeah, all right. Just to address that super chat. Yeah, like, that's pretty good. Like, you could just... Yeah, just like, well, this place sucks, too. Go to Coast City. Right? Yeah, and just... just he They should do a book where it's just like Batman USA, and it's just Batman going to different cities. Just try. And just horning it on other people's territories. Exactly. Until they're finally like, you have to leave. You have to leave. You they, can't... You basically, can't. just like, just finds him a city and gives it to him. Yeah. He goes like, here you go. You and he's like, oh, it's perfect. Yeah. And Grievous just says, Arachnid looks like a merge of Ben Riley and Moon Knight more than normal Spidey and Moon Knight. Yeah, no, I Big agree. Big time. Yeah. yeah, it's basically... Well, because Ben Riley's suit, especially the Scarlet Spider suit, is just the Spider-Man suit, but without the webs. It's just red. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fine. Uh, ultimately, my problem with Infinity Warps is this... Marvel has clearly an internal memo mm-hmm. that says no crossovers. Like, we're not doing any crossovers right, with right. anybody anymore ever again. Yeah. But people who work here remember Amalgam, and people who are reading this and are spending a lot of money on our books remember Amalgam. Mm-hmm. And rather than, like, go across the street or send an email and share some money... Mm-hmm. That might be double the money I would make right now, but I have to split half of the double. I'd rather keep all the money and just recreate Amalgam, but without DC entirely. Can we replicate Amalgam, but without the premise that makes Amalgam special? Right, yeah. The answer is, kind of, because anyone will buy comics. So, like, you know, it's... Right. Uh, for me, it's it's a representation of Marvel, like, refusing to get on the... To, to play ball with everybody. Yeah. Marvel's Marvel's insistence that they're not only, like, special, but that they're so singularly different from everything else out there, even though they are very much not. Right, right. So, there you go. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, Tiffany's outfit that I called attention to but didn't actually address, this is actually your, your Halloween costume. It this is. is straight-up Gryffindor costume. You got your wand, your, your, your Gryffindor colors and everything. Yeah. Plus a little secret. I do. You want you want to show them your secret? Oh, Tiffany's a Death Eater. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, yeah. I am. Nobody. Uh, uh, so uh, to uh, stay in the realm of these um, warps. Yeah, I actually read uh, Soldier Supreme number two. This hey, week, which is the last one. Which you kind of dug the first one? Yeah, it was interesting, like uh, concept, and like for me, it's only um, a pickup because Doctor Strange is involved, and I'm like, I kind of like the idea of playing around with like origins, and I'm like, that's cool. Would I highly recommend this book? Yeah, I mean, like you know, it is written by Jerry Dugan with art by Adam Kubert. Uh, Adam hey. Kubert, which is like, it's a it's a treat. It's really right. you know enjoyable uh, to like check out his panels and his takes on just the books in general. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, so basically we, last time we left, um, Stephen Rogers, Soldier Supreme, mm-hmm. uh, he was in the midst of World War II, um, Wong had died, um, but was a ghost and had come back and, um, Dormammu Red had sent him into the dark dimension. And that is essentially their take on him falling into the ocean. Mm-hmm. And so like he misses out on all the rest of the war. Oh, well he's, he's in the dark dimension. In the dark dimension. That's cool. And like through being in the dark dimension, he learns to grow stronger with his sorcery. He learns how to fight. He learns how to be like a, a sorcerer soldier, basically. 
Um, he learns like you know how to astral project the whole thing like, yeah. while being there and being and on his toes. By the way, this is issue two of two, right? Yeah, this is it. So um, he ends up um, like fighting his way through, and then like he sees that there's like this beacon of light, and like everything from the dark dimension is scrambling for it. So like he like mounts a centaur, and it's just like <laughs> ride or die, man. Right. Like you're either gonna bring me there, or I'm gonna kill you because they're all racing for it. And like the centaur is this moment where he's like. This is the most humiliating moment of my life. Right. <laughs> and um, he makes it there first. Obviously, he like, gets out and like it turns out it's a bunch of Satanists who are trying to bring forth Satan. Um, oh, well, that's what under, they... Well, yes, under the like uh, tutelage or like leadership of uh, Mordok. Oh, God. So it's Baron Mordo and, and Mordok? Yeah, it's mental organism ritually designed for the occult. And um, I think they have more fun designing these names, uh, right? And like, I hate Modoc, but like, it's a great looking like version. It's hilarious. It really works. I think mm-hmm. um, it's so funny because like they do like these tiny little nods. Like Dugan does a really good job of like having almost a move the car George moment, but it's only a panel. Okay, and that's it. One panel, you it, know, that's that's totally, where you make the joke, but it, it's not quite. It's the joke, and it also fits with um, Stephen Strange in a sense because like. Uh, it's one of the one of the occultists uh, or Satanists or whatever is mm-hmm. uh, a woman, and she's just like, oh, I didn't expect Satan to be so handsome. Uh, <laughs> okay, there he is. And I'm like, that's that's fun, that's cute. Um, yeah. But what happens in this book is like clearly like they're like, okay, Soldier Supreme's going to be in the final fight, right? So like in Infinity Wars, so like oh. we have to finish up and get him there and like show him how he's going to get there. Mm-hmm. So he ends up like. Basically, astral projecting or spirit walking into Mordok, where he discovers that Mordok's actually two beings is in one. Oh, and he's so like, he sees, oh, oh crap! So he's like the Doctor Strange fate of the amalgam. Yeah, yeah. Of, I'm sorry, the Infinity War. Exactly, and he ends up getting um, the eye of Agamodon instead of like. Oh, it's like it's Odin and Agamotto were merged. Yeah. Okay. And um, so he goes back to like uh, the current time period, and like they, you know, debrief him and all that stuff, and then like we see him kind of like in a Sanctum style thing, and like. Um, Mordok had like threatened to be like, "Will you turn it on yourself to see what's what you yeah, are?" Yeah, who you are? Because like Mordok's like, "I'm out of here. Things are going real bad for us." And that's when he hears a cry out from Emma Frost, who's just like, "We need soldiers and we need them now. Like, yes. We need warriors." That's and part he's of just Infinity like, Wars. "He's like, not to worry. Stephen, like you know, Rogers is on his way." Yeah. And like, so he leaves to go and like fight in the Infinity Wars. Okay. So like, this was really just a wrap up of like you know just you know being like here's like here's how we're gonna like work in the like you know the main story. Well, because it's like World story. War Two. How do we get into modern day? And we're gonna use. It's kind of clever. It is very clever. It is more clever than an idea like this really deserves. Where yeah. it's just like this is so silly, but like it works. Uh, like I said, Adam Kubert's art is really fun. Yes. Um, I like seeing his take on um like Doctor Strange. Range. And in fact, I really don't like the helmet that they put on him, but I know it's a very Captain America yes. style helmet. Mm-hmm. And so like, we actually get to see him without it. And like, I'm just like, Adam Kubert's really good. Like, he's yeah. just really good at drawing people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was fun. Is it like, a, like you got to read this. It's a tie-in, essentially. This right. especially is a tie-in. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're a Strange fan, this is kind of fun to, to see how, like, if Doctor Strange was more of a physical fighter. Yeah. Versus being a spellcaster. Right. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, fair neat. enough. Uh, the Red Samurai asking, Sal, would you consider dressing up as the birthday boy for Batman <laughs> Earth 1 to scare or pull a prank on Ben? If so, please film it. If I do a scare prank on Ben, you can bet your boots I'll film it, but yeah. I will never dress as birthday boy. We'll just hire somebody. <laughs> yeah. I actually know a guy. We saw him at the bir- at the uh, Halloween party we were at last night. <gasps> oh, ben, don't watch this episode. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this uh, this next book comes to us from uh, Nick Spencer and Humberto Ramos, naturally. Uh, we're talking about um, Amazing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. uh, number eight. Uh, this is continuing the Nick Spencer tradition of doing Spider-Man now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, because like, we always... The, the long history. The long history, the long eight-issue history of Nick Spencer writing Spider-Man. Uh, this issue was really good. Really? Because I haven't heard you say that it, like, No, it's been, it's been, been very standard. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's fine. Yes. It's been fine. Mm-hmm. But, but really this is good. really good. It, it was the most Spider-Man issue that he's written so far. Okay. Uh, we're establishing status quos. We're addressing the things that he set up. We're finally paying off some stuff. Uh, like, oh, 
Peter Parker and Mary Jane are on a date. Ooh. Not really a date, but re- it's it's better than a date. It's not even like they're at a fancy restaurant, Doc Ock attacks. It's not Doc, not Doc I'm just saying, like, yeah, these yeah. are the standard like, expe- expectations. Sure. No, they're at, like, a farmer's market in the city, just, just being themselves together. Okay. And then, uh, okay, so uh, basically, there's, like, and I don't know if it's connected to this guild. I hope it is. Basically, we established that, like, the Guild of Thieves has become this, like, huge and it's like been around forever and everyone who's like a business mogul or has any like money or has or or has earned their 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 keep through ill-gotten gains has to pay their tithe to the guild of thieves really and so uh we see that by them making an example of some like business tycoon but uh that we're setting up that the guild of thieves is going to be a main force of nature slash antagonist for spider-man soon that's fun yeah it is fun and so what they did was they're like the reason why things are so hard for us is because of superheroes they're annoying and they're everywhere so let's steal Mm. from them and so basically the guild of thieves works like in one day Mm -hmm. and steals everything so like thor loses his hammer his his new hammer okay. and the owner's gone, obviously, but like his hammer gets stolen. Mm-hmm. Iron Man's armor is all stolen. Cap Shield is stolen. Like everyone's stuff is gone. Mm-hmm. And everyone's screwed. And so Tony calls Spider-Man and he's like, I need you to we're all hands on deck at Avengers Tower. Yeah. And this is where we, where Nick Spencer establishes like Spider-Man's not an Avenger anymore. Okay. And I'm like, oh. And also nobody likes him. And okay. I'm like, yeah, no one would anymore. Right, right, right. But uh but Mary Jane does, and we're also establishing with her, she gets a subplot. Thank you. Uh, she's like, what am I going to do for like a living? Right. My my Stark Severance package is going to like run out eventually. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I was a nightclub owner. I was an executive at Stark. I was a supermodel. I was mm-hmm. an actress. Like, what am I going to do now? What can she do? Right. And I, I <laughs> like the idea of them establishing like her future. Uh, you know, for me, like go back to being an actress. Because yeah. like, that was always a fun subplot. And it, there's... Acting has so much tumult, so was, there's many, there's a myriad of opportunities for you to sure. talk with that. Anyway, so Stark calls up Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man eventually swings into action, and when he leaves Mary Jane, someone else shows up at Mary Jane and says, like, oh, he's always doing this, isn't he? And you're like, oh, who could it be? And so there, I think it's connected to the, 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 the centipede blue guy. There's this, okay. like, there's this blue centipede guy that's like, meh. Okay, right, right. So, um... Anyway, the the oh hey. the I have Akamato stolen as well. <gasps> I know. You can't just take no. Well, they did. No. Also, I don't like. It's the, a really weird strange. It's a weird. It's a really choice. weird. Strange. They even steal all of Punisher's. That's guns. like two. That's like like a combo of things. It's bizarre. I know. Anyway, uh, but we're we're establishing like their far reach. You know how how oh, deep okay. they go. Uh, but anyway, so Spider Man jumps off a building and he's gonna webline uh, his way away from it, and he realizes that they stole his web shooters. At- what do you, does he not do a systems check right? before he takes off? Well, it's just it's just a dude in a suit now. He's not like you know Peter Parker, you know Tony Stark ripoff. Uh, that being said, he would feel them on his wrists. I yeah, thought, I, I meant was like, like that kind of system when we were setting check, up like... when we were setting up him jumping. I'm like, he's gonna have no web shooters. I see where this is going. But at the same time, like okay, but I'm having a good time. Right. Um, so he is plummeting to his doom, and he's about to like write himself when Black Cat shows up and rescues him. And then she slashes into him and she's like, you and I have unfinished business. And that's the end of the issue. And it's like, oh my god, this felt like the most, like a real Spider-Man comic. Also, Black Cat's in her classic costume. She really is. Thank you. Like, and not because I didn't like the old suit. Right. But I think it's an, it, it's an attempt by Spencer to say, we're going back to basics. Yeah, the, the background on that image is kind of bizarre, but... Well, it's Ramos it's and he's weird. rushed, so... It's fine. It's just, it's like, I'm like, okay. It's just, it's just nothing. Yeah. Well, it's just a color. It's, yeah. It's, it's was... a favor. I was actually in a, in a, in a previously recorded episode of Elseworlds Exchange was coming out on, like, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I had no live episode of Elseworlds this week. It's going to be a recorded episode that we did, um, this past weekend, uh, with a special guest, a pair of guests actually, who yeah. worked on a worked on a great selling comic book. So stay tuned for that. But they uh, were like, they will give their artists like a pass sometimes, where it's like no background. Ah, uh. like you don't have to use a background today. Okay, just just do color. Just just you know just use a blur effect. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Um, so that's probably what happened in this, in this case. But anyway, uh, it's, it, it seems to me like it's Spencer coming to the audience and saying like, we're, we're going back to basics. Right. Okay. Um, so I'm on board 
particularly because like no one's been interested in doing anything with Black Cat, and it's kind of like hard to tell what she's up to. Yeah. Um. You know, like she was a kingpin. Then, yeah. like when we first opened this series, like the new series with Spencer, like she was with the heroes, but like nobody knew what the hell was going on. She was just there to, to do a by Felicia joke. Yeah. So like maybe whatever. But anyway, she shows up and she's gonna kick ass. Uh. And. I'm down. I think it's really fun. You're like, I'm down for ass kicking. I'm down for this. Like, these are all characters from Spider-Man's rogues gallery and, like, supporting cast. Let's use them. Yeah. He, he has one of the richest supporting casts in Marvel. Use them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and also, like, maybe put all the toys back on the shelf. Like, maybe make J. Jonah Jameson, like, publisher of the Daily Bugle again. Like, maybe do all a few things. Sure. Give Mary Jane a job. Yeah. You know, get, make her a character at the very least, please. So, I dug it, and I recommend it. Pick okay, it up. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. If, if By the way, if you've been on the fence, you can start with eight. Okay. Like, all you need to know is Pete and Mary Jane are back together. And even then, you'll find out when you're reading the damn book. <laughs> so, check that out. Uh, moving on to the Super Chats, if we have any. Uh, I don't remember if we do. Uh, yeah. Mr. Roboto says, Hi, Sal. Are you a Gotham City imposter Batman? Uh Yeah. I also, Remember that? I also met, noticed some people were saying you kind of look like uh, Greg Capullo. Like you were dressing up like Greg Capullo. Yeah. What's up, brother? You need uh, sunglasses. I do need sunglasses, and I need to change my goatee. <laughs> Plus, I'm not buff. I'm just big. He's really dope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so what do you got next? I'm um, staying in the Marvel uh, region. I, don't, I, I really didn't know where that was going. I kind of just failed on my transition there. Uh, mm-hmm. The Century Number 5 came out this week, uh, which was the end of this mini-series, and we'll see what happens next. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's the end of uh, Century World, so part 5 of 5. Uh, oh, it's that's it? Yeah, this is it. So if you've been reading this, you haven't read it, uh, I am going to spoil this book. So okay. I want to mute us for a minute or so. I'm going to totally spoil it for Sal, because yeah. you missed it. You missed it. That's fine. I'm just gonna tell you. It's the nature of my, my, my job. Um. So, um, when last we left the century, uh, Bob Reynolds had embraced the void, mm-hmm. and uh, basically combined with him to make this red and black version of the century, who's like super powerful, and um, he is still fighting uh, Billy. Yeah, I'm like Bob Billy. Right. Tony <laughs> Um. Like, I'm like, come on, brain. Um. So basically, in this. It, like, we already kind of knew and it had come to a head, like, what Billy's true intentions were. It was really less about, like, the century, like, not being in control and more about, like, Billy and, like, missing out and not getting uh, his chance at, like, power or stardom or anything like that. Like, he was brought into this world and he really shouldn't have been. Right. And then, like, it all fell apart. Like, there was no uh, support system for him, mm-hmm. in a sense. No. You know what I mean? Like, right. Scout had nothing for him. No, it's true. So, like, he really lays into him, and he's just like, it's not fair. I finally got the power of the century, and you had to one-up me? No. And he tries to just start pummeling him, mm-hmm. and uh, Sentry grabs his hand and, like, shatters it. Oh! Um, so, like, he has no arm on the other side, oh, and God. now his hand is his hand is broken. And, um, like, he's just like, no, don't you get it? You should have never had power. Like, some people are meant to have power, and it's not you. Like, like Billy? Yeah. Like it's what Bob's saying to him? Yeah. Oh. That's the century. He's just like, he's like, no, it's not, no, you don't get it. Right. Like, it's not, you're it's, not cool. It's never you. <laughs> it's never gonna be. Right? So then, like, he lets loose, um, like, his, like, or not, like, or Scout does. Like, he lets yeah. loose, like, a laser, like, blast kind of <laughs> thing, which ends up, like, melting his face. Okay. Because he really can't control it. Like, he's had it for all of, like, uh, a few hours. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. So, um, they kind of, like, the void, like, lets, like, out, like, some of, like, the blackness. Mm-hmm. And, like, for a moment, like, it envelops them. And it's, like, he and Bob talking. Mm. And he's just, like, he, he, Bob then is just, like, you weren't meant to have this power. Right. And he's, like, oh, and you were? He's, like, I was. Yeah. I am. I am meant to have this power, Billy. Right. And he's just, like, and, like, I his berries and half. <laughs> face is, like, melting. His arm is, like, melt, like, the flesh is just melting off his body. <laughs> and he's, like, I've got, it's the power of a thousand exploding suns. And he's just, like, Bob's, like, I know. Let me take it back from you. Mm. And so, like, he reaches out his arm and, like, Billy reaches out his, like, arm that he has left, basically. And he grabs it. And then he grabs, or Bob grabs Billy's neck and he just, oh. like, kills him. Mm-hmm. And um, he's just, like, let me take it back there and so he kills him and like um not only are like people like looking on to this mm-hmm. but like the avengers show up oh god yeah and like by the avengers i mean like a team of superheroes it's not really the avengers because it's iron man and captain marvel and thor captain america and she hulk and also misty knight and all of her guys are there. yeah that's that's the that's the avengers that's that's a team i'd like to see right and um they're like uh bob. hey bob 
You and like went... Katniss is like, you're gonna have to come with us. And he's just like, oh, are you recruiting me for the adventure? She's like, not no. quite. <laughs> so like they all like leap into action, and like none of them can stop him. Yeah, he's he's the sentry in the void simultaneously. He's he's too powerful for them. Like mm-hmm. it's not gonna work. And um, you know, during the fight, he all of a sudden like it's just like, Argh! and like he's like, wait a minute, because he left Cranio, right? Who's like in his head still trying to like get control of this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Like where it's like for a moment. The bad guy is trying to do the right thing because this is a hot mess. Right. And so, like, he ends up pulling, like, this new sentry into his own mindscape. He's like, you're going to pull me into this prison? Mm -hmm. You think that's really going to work? And he ends up, like, punching him so hard it, like, shatters them being in the mindscape and, like, brings them back out into reality where he's, like, completely, like, destroyed him. Whether or not he's alive or not is questionable. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Um, Jenny, by the way, was in the crowd. So she saw everything go down. Mm-hmm. And so she runs up to the apartment and she's just like, Bob, is that you? Yeah. And he's just like, it is. Hey, I'm really glad you're here. And she's just like, get away from me. You're a monster. You killed Billy. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, mm, you know, in another lifetime, it, we could have been something else. But right. uh, I guess not. And then the rest of the superheroes show up and he's just like, uh, so you can't beat me? Mm-hmm. He's like, I know you think you're here because like you, you're not going to let me go. But like it really is you just can't stop me. So you're just going to have to let me go. Right. <laughs> and they're like, what? And trust that you're going to do the right thing? He's like, pretty much. <laughs> and then he just leaves. Okay. And that's it. Wow. Like, there's this crazy sentry out there. And they're like, we're going to find out what he's going to do, I guess. Okay. And he, it's just, that's it. Jesus. I'm like. All right. Just, and by the way, when I say he leaves, he leaves Earth. Oh, okay. It's just, it's just like, nah. Okay. It's, uh, it's me and the Void now. We're pals. Yeah. I'll take it. Right? It's kind of interesting, like, yeah. just to leave this looming threat out there, whether or not Lumiere will do any more, I, I honestly don't know. Right. I'm, I'm sure people have been questioning whether or not this series will be an ongoing. Yeah, maybe he'll join the Asgardians of the Galaxy. Right? I kind of almost prefer him just being a thing out there that everyone will kind of forget about until they decide to do, like, Until someone actual... has a really good idea with him. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he'll come back and they'll be like, oh. Yeah. I'd love to see, like, an <laughs> Annihilation-type story with the Sentry at the, at the core. Right? That'd be awesome. That'd be, that'd be really cool. Yeah, I love it. So, interesting. That's dope. <laughs> it's, of course, uh, written by Jeff Lemire, with uh, art by uh, Joshua Cassaro. Yeah. Uh, so, check it out. Yeah, definitely. This is It was a wild ride. Yeah. Uh, and finally, finally. Uh, in terms of... Oh, yeah, for me, anyway. <laughs> well, let, well, hang on. Yours is an actual, like, like yeah, all right. big two book. Um, just real quick, very, very briefly. Um, if you're reading Cold Spots, that came out this week. Go pick it up. It was a lot of fun. If you were reading it, it's it's as good as it was. Good. Um, we're just getting a little bit more deep down. We actually get to see a little interaction um, between father and daughter in this um, issue, and just a very interesting, like what they're building up here. Of like, clearly, our protagonist is the only person who is like sane. Okay, you know what I mean, or like he's a normal person in a crazy world. Right. And like at every turn, he's just totally out of his depth. Yeah. But like he is, uh, he's like, he's going to get his daughter out of there. Basically right. come hell or high water. Depend. No, no matter what it is that she is or isn't, it doesn't matter. He's going to get her out of there. Okay. Uh, and again, it's Cullen Bunn. So for me, that's awesome. Yep. Um, also this week, uh, books of magic yeah. came out. Um, now this is books of magic is, is a vertical book that like, I'm like, I'm familiar with it, but like, haven't, no, it wasn't your, yeah, yeah. series. Um, but it is continuing from that, is my understanding. Uh, so if you were a fan of Books of Magic, pick it up, I guess. Um, it's written by Cat Howard, um, but with Neil Gaiman having like kind of approved their story. Yes, since he was the and one... he's the case with all of those, Yes, right? but he, did, he wrote the original Books of Magic. Hmm. You know what's funny? I was looking it up. You know who was meant to write it? This one or the last no, the one? the original. Uh, no. J.M. DeMatteis. Oh, my God. That would have been <laughs> awesome. I mean, the fact that Neil Gaiman wrote it probably is even awesome. Yeah, but DeMatteis was meant to write it, and then a whole bunch of, like, shifts happened with the artist, and then DeMatteis backed out, mm. and they let Gaiman write it. DeMatteis is a good writer and has a really good handle on magic. Yes. I feel like he'd do a good job with right? magic. Right, and then, like, it, it just kind of reminded me just how much, like, it's really easy to use Timothy Hunter in both the Vertigo and DC world, and you don't really see it being utilized because he's had crossover with so many characters who are magic based. Yeah. Um, and including like this opens with like these kind of interesting, like uh tapestry versions of like Constantine and like, you know, like various other characters and such. And it's just like, right. Yeah. You've like, really, you've been around. Yeah. You've been around. And they're just like, no, nah, we're not going to eat really. No, yeah. It's fine. And I'm Fair like, 
you'll remember him now, yeah. <laughs> writers, and like start using him again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of reestablishing where he is right now in the world um, based on the decisions he has made. Mm. And um, just kind of, for those who hadn't, who weren't aware of it, trying to fill in the gaps of what has happened right. um, and also setting up what will happen. I think they did a very nice job cool. of that. Cat uh, Howard um, tells a really competent story. Now, whether or not it fits with the same sort of feel from the last book let's be honest he's not game and writing it he's a very specific style yeah um and i haven't and, seen a new, i haven't seen a new game and book in a long time right right and then for those who are, are mentioning it this came out books of magic came out before harry potter did by a lot by a long by shot. a long shot um so draw your own conclusions <laughs> yeah he is a boy wizard with a fun with a funky haircut glasses and a scar on his head take your own Whatever you want to go with that. Um, And he's also like, he's meant to be the most powerful magic user of all time. Yes. Wizard, you might say. Um, Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Uh, And finally, last but not least, uh, this book that's like whatever, but Return of Wolverine. Number two came out. Uh, This one was uh, still written by Charles Soule, but this one, this time the art was done by uh, Declan Shalvey. Okay. Who's done a great job overall. Yeah. Um, I'm disappointed he's on this book. Why? Because it's not quite the Steve McNiven. Okay. Like, the grandiose nature of McNiven's art... Yeah. ...lent itself to the Death of Wolverine in such a profoundly high-caliber way. Okay. Like, Death of Wolverine, I think, might be one of Steve McNiven's best-looking books of all time. Really? And the first issue of, of Return of Wolverine, which was also drawn by McNiven, had that same gravatus. Right. This one... Uh, just felt like, it felt the most more like a comic book, uh, but they still wanted it to have the feeling of, like, but we're doing this thing! Right, uh, Wolverine, right. Uh, uh, and a scientist who claims that her son has been stolen by, uh, an, an evil clandestine organization that brought him back to life, uh, they, they're, they're chasing the bad guys in a boat, the whole issue. Okay. And that's it. Uh, they don't catch up to them. <laughs> that's the whole book um by the way like is it engaging and fun yeah uh the idea is here that like wolverine is still trying to like get in touch with like who he is uh we've established a new a new status quo for wolverine where like it's basically they're like tongue-in-cheek referring to the fact that like wolverine has like has had like a millions different a million different interpretations and so all those interpretations are in cells locked up in his mind and so this like Blank Slate Wolverine will walk around the cells and unlock a certain Wolverine and let him out, depending on the situation. Kind of like Arachnite? Yeah. Well, no, Arachnite is there's people and they all know about each other. These are like... Right, but like, sti- yeah, like when you need them, yeah, they yeah. take control. Yeah, it is, only like... They're, they're, it's more like Dreamcatcher. Okay. Uh, so, like, he, the first person he unlocked was Hero Wolverine. Like, clean, clean cut, yellow and blue suit, Right. Not an ex. He's an he's an Avenger. He knows what to do. He's you know he's the right guy for the right job, and he like smiles and he makes good puns and you know he's like a superhero. Right. Um, but there's also other other versions in there, and then there's like memories that are locked up within those personalities and within those versions of himself that okay. also need to come out. Right. Um, now, are there any like ones that they don't want to? Yeah. There's okay. and there's one that like rattles against the cage the entire issue, and that's Berserker Wolverine. Okay. The Berserker Wolverine is just this desperate. Like hairy monster. So it's just like with let, no nose. And... Yeah, and he, well, no, it's not quite that bad. <laughs> but he's just like, but he's like one day, like you know, he's like, come on, let me out, let me out. And like Wolverine's like, no, and he's like, no. one day I'm gonna come out. Yeah, well, and, and like, then clearly, cool. yeah, what's gonna happen is they're gonna have to. Yes, um, we also are establishing that like the forces that this like evil organization. No, I, I told you. Uh, but the evil organizations that are the, the, what the agents that they're using against Wolverine are clearly just like remnants from his past. Uh, the th- the three characters or the two characters that they yeah. sent a- the, the two characters they sent after him are Omega Red and Dokken. Um or at least Versions. reanimated ver- corpses. I don't know, but like when Wolverine sees the tattoo on his assailant's arm, uh, he's like, I know him, but he doesn't quite know him. This is a mixed bag for me because uh, you know I don't like Dokken. right? But uh, in any event, uh, so he's fighting against the like Dokken clone zombie thing whatever and as he's starting to lose uh his claws get hot and we see the first emergence of his hot claws oh you can even see them like burn red within his forearm which also kind of depicts like why like where his claws go 
Like they they go into his forearm. Well, yeah, I assume. And, like where else would they go? Right, but like so, sometimes they curve. It's 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 a mess. Uh, but I will say, Shalvi does a good job in this book establishing how straight his claws are and how like his forearm needs to be at a certain like levelness in order for them to come out. It's just a little note that I noticed. Oh, usually, okay. you know, usually if Jim Lee's drawn him, it doesn't matter. You know, just blah. Yeah, they're like organic almost. Yeah, like, but this is like, no. like, And I don't know if he has bone claws anymore. I think they might just be like these metals, these metal knives. Either way, they get hot. And uh, he uses them by cutting the fuel line with one claw and then shooting the fuel line through his hot claws to burn Doc in alive. <laughs> Which is cool. Uh the the mother of the uh, of the kidnapped boy tries to make out with Wolverine and then they arrive. And he's just like, yeah, you know what it is though. You're you're not a redhead, basically. But don't <laughs> worry because a, a certain redhead has finally discovered him using Cerebro. Oh, it's Jean Grey. She's like, oh, I found Lo- I found Logan. Um, of course, the person that Jean ca- talks to about it is Kitty Pride, thus establishing like the two like most important females in his life. If you don't count Jubilee, right? Um, which of course nobody does. Aw. I know. It's t- it's sad because for me, Jubilee was the Kitty Pride character. Yeah. It was Kitty Pride, and then Jubilee was for like the next generation. Right. And so, you know, they don't get armor either, but either way. So exactly. uh, it, it's it's fun. Uh the the by the way, he, uh, she also says like uh, he goes, Did I ever have like hot claws? And the sign is like, No. You did no, that's, not. That's a new development. That's new and it's kinda dumb. And he's like, yeah, it is stupid. And you're like, okay, I see what's going on here. You're doing something. <laughs> so we'll see. Who knows? Uh, the Hot Claws, not complaining. I don't care. I, okay. I, have, no, I have no problem with it. Uh, especially since Soul was like, it's going to go away. I'm like, oh, well, then I'm just yeah, going to enjoy the fine. ride. Yeah, that's cool. So, you know. Did you see, though, that this week that they um, re-released The Return of Wolverine number 1? It's a director's cut edition. Yes. It is $10 and 152 pages. Wow. I'm like, yeah, somebody sent that to me. Really? I think it might have been Marvel, it but I don't remember. It but like, I got the it. script, inked pages, color pages, and a cover gallery. Yeah, I read it, and I looked through it. It doesn't really give me much more insight, but it is fun to see how Charles Soule writes the script. Right. And uh, it gives you insight into what, like, there are scenes that are, like, that have no dialogue, and especially for the first issue, but they're amazing. Mm. Uh, but, like, where you're like, what's Wolverine thinking? Charles Soule tells you what he's thinking oh, in that's the script. So, okay. so to help, you know, put that... Uh, have McNiven put that into the pencil work. Nice. So that's really cool. Um, so those are the books that came out that we think are cool, that we think, uh, you know, well, that we were... Or that we had time to... That we had time to talk about. Um, and now we're going to transition to the next part of our show where we recommend Ooh. books. I don't know. All right. Uh, so uh, before we get begin, I wanted to not recommend this book. Uh, Man of Steel is getting a trade paperback, really, or a hardcover release. So the miniseries that... Is, that, that convinced me that Bendis couldn't write Superman is coming out. So if you want to not buy it, I highly recommend you don't because it's awful and terrible and boring and stupid. And Rogel Czar features heavily, so definitely don't pick up this book uh, because it's just really, really bad. And it is a definite harbinger of things to come. Uh, there are a lot of people who love what Bendis is doing with action comics and Superman. When the book comes out, which is very sparingly, uh, you know, hey, uh, it, it's kind of neat. But uh, <laughs> you know what's not? Man of Steel. Just really awful if you want to get more of our opinions about that uh we reviewed i think every single issue on this show so go back and check out those those uh, episodes but uh don't buy the book don't recommend it and don't uh support that series because all it says to dc is like yes we made the right decision so don't pick that up um i also want to recommend uh an actual actual recommendation no uh and this is extermination number four the book is so good and cool and it's definitely going to get rid of those young x-men so like if you hate the x-men the young x-men Get get ready because they're going away. <laughs> they're uh, going to be exterminated. Yeah, they're going to be exterminated. That's the that's what the extermination is uh-huh. all about. It's a great series. The art is terrific. The writing is fun. It feels like old school classic X Men shenanigans before they officially get into the like full blown Marvel endorsed X Men shenanigans. It's written by Ed Brisson, art by Pepe Larraz. Pepe Larraz is like the new Stuart Eminem as far as I'm concerned. Definitely pick it up. It's really cool. Okay. Uh, I also, I guess, have to recommend this book because it's kind of neat that they're doing it. I read, like, some of the last issue, and maybe I'm just not an Aquaman fan. I don't know. But Justice League Drowned Earth number one comes out. Uh, it's like a mini series, I guess. It's called okay. Justice League Aquaman Drowned Earth number one. Mm-hmm. You want to know more about this Drowned Earth situation, you got to check it out. I will, I guess. That's all I have to say about that. It's written by James Tiny the, the fifth, fourth, 
with art by uh, Howard Porter. All right. Maybe I'll check that out because he's been really doing a great job yeah. um, on Justice League Dark, so I don't know. Exactly. Anyway. Uh, Heroes in Crisis number two comes out. Okay. Um, there's been a lot of discussion about the series. Yes. Uh, Clayman's art is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the story is questionable. But you know what? I love an old school, uh, good old fashioned DC murder mystery. We haven't had one of those since Identity Crisis. And clearly the same people who were in the editorial positions back then are still in their same exact jobs that uh, than th- now. Yeah. So they want to do it again. Uh, so if you like stories from like 15, 20 years ago, uh, here it is again. Uh, but with different characters and the characters that the main people who are in charge of DC think need to die, they are dead now. So if you didn't like those characters, great. If you did, sorry. Because uh, those people will still be working there another 20 years from now. So, <laughs> you know, get used to this. Uh, but that being said, uh, it, it's, it's interesting. I was actually reading uh, a scene from this book uh, in which they're doing an autopsy on like a character that like, a handful of people care about. And, uh, you know, they talk about how, like, Sanctuary was this place where people, like, get over their trauma. And, like, hey, wouldn't it have been neat to actually see a scene where Batman goes there and, like, tries to get over, like, being paralyzed and going across the world and, like, getting his back fixed and everything? Like, yeah. that'd be neat. Let's not see that. Uh, but let's allude to the fact that happened. Uh, also, Superman, like, I died. What's all that about? That'd be neat to see. Probably not going to see that. Uh, but they talk about how they established Sanctuary, this place for heroes to, like, get over their shit. And... They talk about, it's Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman. And they're like, so who killed these people? And Batman's like, I don't know. Sanctuary is designed to be anonymous. Like, people give their confessions and then they're immediately deleted. And Superman's like, yeah, but we all know that you're backing them all up on hard drives for weaknesses for people. Like, we know who you are. And he's like, this is a pet project of mine that matters. I'm not like that anymore. I don't know who killed everybody. Like, I didn't do that. And they're like, damn it. <laughs> we were really counting on you to be a son of a bitch, Bruce. Oh, sure. Girl conscious now. I know. Like, it, how convenient. <laughs> but the fact they did that, I'm like, wow, that actually felt like like Tom King read a DC comic. <laughs> so, like, that's kind of cool. Um, and uh, also, in keeping with Wolverine, uh, Old Man Logan number 50 comes out. They're killing Old Man Logan. Uh, he had a good run. He had a good run. Uh, it's him versus the maestro. It was a good-looking preview that I read. Okay. And so if you are on the fence, like, check it out. See where he goes. I don't know if they're going to kill him or send him away. I have no idea what their plan is. But uh, it'll be sad. Because, like, this poor son of a bitch has been, like, dragged through the mud forever. Yeah. His whole premise is misery. So, like, you know, if you like that kind of thing. If you're into misery. Yeah. Pick up Old Man Logan, number 50, by Ed Brisson. Excellent. And uh, Ibrahim Robertson and Andrea Sorrentino. Okay. So what do you got? Um, so actually, I, I do have, like, you're going to transition to want to know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also wanted to mention um, that up until November 1st, uh, Comixology is having a horror sale. Ooh, a horror um, sale. So there, it's not like it's everything. It's not like a fire sale. Though. No, it's not everything. Um, but there are some interesting uh, pulls on there. I actually uh, picked up Joe Hill's The Cape, the one shot that oh. led into like a huge, like, huge thing. Read it today. Super interesting. Hmm. Super duper interesting, cool. and like looking forward to seeing where that goes. Um, I'm sure most people know about this already, but the idea is that like a little boy grows up with like his favorite blanket, uh, mom turns it into a cape, um, and somehow it has like magic properties and makes him fly. Cool. But like he and his brother um, used to play superhero, and like one day like he fell out of a tree because like he the cape let him fly for a moment, he panicked and he fell. Hurt himself really, really badly. Kind of screwed up his life because of that. And, like, it's all about, like, his, like, fall from grace, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then, like, he finds the cape again, puts it back on. And, um, yeah, at that point, he's just, like, we see some crazy stuff happening. And he's just, like, when I was growing up, my brother and I used to play superheroes. He always made me be the villain. Oh. And I'm, like... Oh, um, so that one shot had led into a whole bunch of other things, but you can pick it up right now. Like, like the one shot each issue is like 99 cents. That's cool. Wow. Um, so it might be worth checking out. You can also see what other horror things they have right now, but again, it's only until November 1st. So, you know, you got a few days. Yeah. But I thought we'd give it a shout out right now to that. Sure. Also, uh, Lane works in super chats. It's high time. I support you guys. Thanks for the hours of entertainment. It can't be easy. And we know we love you. Thank you Thank so you much, so man. Much. That's very nice of you. Uh, it, it feels easy when you're doing it and then you like have to edit it and then it's not. Yeah. But like even then, sometimes it's like, you know what? Sometimes it feels easy and it ain't. Like, <laughs> we, we did a back issue and I was like, ugh, I sucked at this episode. I'm sure you did. Uh, and NB Gleason, uh, hey guys, is there going to be any My Hero Academia? No. Uh, or any He-Man Thundercats or Justice League Power Rangers. Those, probably more likely. Yeah. And by probably, I mean 100% more likely. Yeah. Um, but uh, even then, I'm not sure. He-Man Thundercats is a stretch. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know if anybody would be interested in that. I have been reading some of the He-Man comics. Yeah. Are you 40? Maybe you'll like that episode. Like, (laughs) it's hard. I don't know. We don't know. Uh, And Justice League Power Rangers, more likely. Yeah, that's an easier sell. I heard that book got terminated early. Hmm. So they didn't really get the chance to tell everything they wanted to. Hmm. It'll be a good uh, testing ground for Power Rangers, but like it's Boom Studios books, so nobody's gonna watch it. Yeah, I mean, like look at know. look at our New Avengers Transformers episode. Right, right, right. Like, you know, sorry. Uh, so yeah, what else we got? Um, so uh, this week, um, a while back, a while back actually, uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale did a bunch of uh, Halloween-based stories that took place in Gotham with Batman involved with them. It is not long Halloween. Um, but it's a series of them. There's like three of them and mm-hmm. they're actually collecting them and re-releasing them again. Yeah. So, and they're fun. They're, they're fun. fun. Um, you know, like it's got, I think, uh, Matt Hatter, Scarecrow, mm-hmm. uh, Poison Ivy's in one of them. Yeah. And I love Tim Sale's Poison Ivy. Oh, yeah. You got to tell him that. I did. And he was just like, that was a mistake to do that. He's like, it's so like, he's like, I drew it as like a one like off image. And then I had to keep drawing her. And there's all those leaves and <laughs> mm-hmm. I had to hand do them. I'm like, oh, but it looks so good. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so if you're looking to pick that up as a collection, you'll be able to grab that on the 31st. Um, so then this week, there are like literally two books where it's just like, hey, Tiffany, hey, Tiffany. you've been waiting a long time mm-hmm. for this. A long time. Yeah. Doom Patrol number 12 is coming out. What? This week, guys. Did, did Gerard Way finally finish writing it? So, Jesus. So, like, when I spoke to Nick Darrington at New York Comic Con, he did say more was coming. And, like, that he and Gerard Way wanted to do more of this book. But Gerard Way, according to him, was living the rock star life right now. So he must have been doing something else. Um, also, don't forget that Umbrella Academy is coming out as a Netflix show. So I'm sure he's also kind of... Like, producing that? Yeah, he's probably involved with that. Um, but, yeah... Doom Patrol number 12 is coming out this week. Yeah, uh, that's and, weird because we didn't get a copy. Hey, DC. Yeah, well, I don't think that they're bothering with that anymore because it comes out so uh, infrequently. Yeah, that's fair. Um, what I love about this is, A, it took me off completely off guard, um, and B, clearly this uh, cover is just a, an old D&D manual. Yeah. This is brilliant. It's just brilliant. Mm-hmm. I can't. I cannot wait to read this. Right? Cannot wait. No idea what the hell it's going to be, but... No. But... And then the thing that I'm probably the most excited for... Um, which is the big bad egg or the bad egg, not big bad, the bad <laughs> egg. Um, they're going to be putting it out. Yeah. Uh, so like essentially it's a Halloween special. They've been putting like this out a few pages at a time with an image plus they're collecting it all. And I think there's some extra stuff in there as well. There is. Um, written by Scott Snyder with art by the amazing jock who is such so a great. friendly British man. Yes. <laughs> I looked him up a while ago and I didn't tell you. Like I didn't know. Be. Like I assumed it was going to be this young hip guy, like whatever. And like, not that it's not like hip. No, um, but like it's just, just it's just this pleasant British man. I'm like, you draw the scariest things ever. Yeah. Uh, well, that was like it's funny. You like it's like you would flip Bermejo and Jock. Like I did not expect Bermejo to look the way he looks. Yeah. All right, that's fair. He, he, you know, he's like he's like young and buff, <laughs> and he just kicked my ass. Yeah. But uh, um, but yeah. So but Jock um, just like looks like somebody's uncle. He's like, hello. So nice, and I just kind of like verbally threw up on him when I met him at New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's so, such a pleasant man. Uh, I cannot wait for this book. Yeah. Cannot wait for this book. Yeah, ah, it's gonna be great. Okay. I hope. I mean, well, you read you were most of it anyway. Yeah. So yeah. pick that up. Uh, so there you go. Uh, what else is happening on Compound that we should recommend or let you know that's happening? Um, first of all. Uh, Good Bad Ugly returns this week uh, with uh, obscure Marvel characters, which is a great show. I love doing it, and it's hard to make, so check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I guarantee you've probably never heard of at least one of those characters uh, out of the three that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, uh, so like I said, early uh, special Elseworlds Exchange. Um, I gotta I gotta go run an errand, and it keeps me away from my computer, so I can't do the live show. But mm-hmm. uh, there will be a recorded episode of Elseworlds Exchange released on Wednesday, probably in the morning. To leave some time for okay. back issues to come out. And our Halloween back issues comes out. Yeah. Because uh, Halloween is a big, bad holiday for us, and so we like to celebrate it in style. Yeah. So you get to see us in costume. You have a totally different costume. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I wasn't ready when we shot that. No. So. But it's fun. It's fine. And it's I think you're that. really going to enjoy it. I hope so. Uh, and we'll see what happens, but I'm hoping to record another special bonus Elseworlds exchange th- tomorrow night of all times. I don't, I you know, that's. No promises. I can't promise, uh, and if you want to know more about it, join our Patreon. Go to comicpop, or patreon.com slash comicpop. Uh, you'll get early access to back issues and other like behind-the-scenes photos and other yeah. like, early access videos when I finish them. Uh, back issues did not have a back 
I didn't know how to have like a good a good buffer, so like for a while I was like kind of screwed You're up. You're like ah. Yeah, but uh, we're back on track, so you can catch some like early back issues there, and uh, maybe I'll also tell you who I'm hopefully going to be talking That'd to. That'd be awesome. Um, you the... already know. You've already seen the Elseworlds Exchange if you're on the Patreon, by the way, the one that comes out on Wednesday. Oh it's yeah. already there. So. So uh, just real quick, uh, in terms of that uh, Halloween back issues that's coming out, um, stick around to the end. <laughs> Thank you.